Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Chicago everywhere, check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into episode 32 of the Full Gold Podcast with Jason Golf. I am him. He is I, or whatever the hell I'm supposed to say. Of course, it's brought to you by The Ringer, and as always, Spotify is the gang. Ladies and gentlemen, I've had a week where I didn't have to think about Bears football, and now we're back in the throes of Bears football. Bears versus Ravens coming up here on Sunday. You got a 6-3 team versus a 3-6 team. Uh... I think the Bears kind of let us off the hook with that Steelers loss. And, and mind you, there's eight more games to play. And by some miraculous measure, they can go six and what? Six and is it six and two or seven and one, something like that. But it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. This team, uh, the foundation of this team is one, two banged up. And two, the talent isn't where it's supposed to be. But man, oh man, this is the fun time for me as a fan where you not only get this chance to see Justin Fields build on his last performance, but it is time for it's time to sign everybody from off the street time, right? So Jason Peters turned out to be your starting left tackle after being on a fishing boat for a couple of months. Now you bring in Bruce Irvin uh, to bring you a little extra 
pressure off the edge that you weren't getting because Khalil Mack has been down. And when Khalil Mack's been healthy, he's been hurt. I will tell you guys something about and, – and listen, you can talk football with your friends. You can talk football with your, your local favorites. I, I, fine. Knock yourself out with cover two schemes and all the other shit that you want to jump into. I'm here for the interesting stories. And Bruce Irvin, ladies and gentlemen – I don't know if, if as you're listening to this, you're close. Yeah, you got to be close to your phone because you're listening to Spotify, right? Look up Bruce Irvin. While I was in Atlanta, Bruce Irvin, how should I say this, was legendary for being a, a, um, a stay-ready all-star. Okay, Bruce Irvin is the kind of man who uh, is, is coming with angry intentions and it's because he's wired a little bit differently. All right, Bruce Irvin out of West Virginia, uh, and anytime you see somebody coming out of West Virginia, you should know that they are there to, to, to play football or play basketball and, and, and bounce around you know, West Virginia, the state of West Virginia with all the people with Mountain Dew mouth, right? Bruce Irvin is Atlanta's finest, Georgia's finest. This is a dude who coming out of West Virginia with Seattle and I believe the Raiders always showed glimpses of being able to get to the quarterback, but just could never put it together for a full season. He's the perfect type of, we just signed a dude, dude, because Bruce Irvin is the type of dude to come straight off of the street and get you a sack and a half or a tackle for loss. And he'll be the, the new local favorite hero. Right. But I don't see it happening because Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are just a better football team than the bears. You're like, you don't need some elaborate, breakdown from me uh you saw the Dolphins beat the Ravens you saw what the Lions did to the Ravens early on in the season where Justin Tucker had to kick a long field goal to win the game I believe they scored 19 18 points something like that I just don't think the Bears are equipped to corral Lamar Jackson when we talk about the best quarterbacks in the league, Lamar Jackson's name comes up enough, but I don't think it comes up as much as it should. Right now we're in this like Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott craze because the Chiefs are taking on the Cowboys this weekend. And, of course, Josh Allen gets a lot of the eyes because he's pretty much like white Cam Newton running around out there in terms of how big he is and also how he can sling the pill. Lamar Jackson – since he's come into the league, has won an MVP. He saved the job of John Harbaugh, and he's revitalized a franchise that wasn't down in the dumps, but they were searching for something, and they found it in a late-round pick and a quarterback who, through every level of football, Lamar Jackson has kind of proven to everyone that, hey, I'm not just the run-around guy, and if I am just the run-around guy, I'm doing it at a level that not even Michael Vick did it. And yeah, I know it's blasphemous to say this, but yes, he's done it at a level that not even Michael Vick did it. Now, Icon status and, and, and cultural figure, yeah, Michael Vick was on a different level. But what Lamar Jackson has become is, you remember, you remember what Randall Cunningham was at the end of his run where he was with the Minnesota Vikings and everything was like a go route and it seemed like you know guys like Jake Reed and Chris Carter and, and, and Randy Moss were, were getting fed by an old dude who could just sling it? Well, harken back to the Philadelphia Eagles years where – you know, Randall Cunningham, if I'm not mistaken, was either an MVP or a co-MVP one of those years. And it was Randall scrambling around and, you know, he's tall and he's lanky and he's moving around. He's not, he's built like a wide receiver, but yet and still he's taking punishment. That's what Lamar Jackson has been. And Lamar Jackson has been that since he, he was in peewee football, right? And then he goes to Louisville. And I, I'll never forget the Syracuse game was the game that I was introduced to Lamar Jackson. Uh, and I, I believe it was the year before the Heisman. And it was – unlike anything that I'd ever seen because it wasn't just a scrambling quarterback. It was track speed quarterback who could also play football. 
right? Anytime we heard about really fast guys or track guy, like Marquise Goodwin gets referenced as a track guy because he's a track guy. But anytime you get a track guy moniker or a track guy label, it means like, okay, this guy isn't really a football player. For years now, Lamar Jackson has been the track guy who is also an awesome football player who also is a terrific quarterback. And for as many people as we try to, you know, shoot bail to as, well, you know, the Baker Mayfields of the world or the Matt Staffords of the world, when they have awful games or games where you're scratching your head like, "Mm, that still shouldn't be happening. We can't wait to try to figure out when the NFL has actually figured out Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson has two bad games in a row, it's like, oh, the NFL's caught up to him. And I'm sitting in the cut like, nah, they haven't. And if we talk about MVP candidates, you could you could talk Derrick Henry as much as you want, but Lamar Jackson, you know, they they've got a stable full of old dudes at running back. Uh, their wide receivers aren't nearly as refined, polished, or talented as I'm sure he'd like them to be. And he's got a really really good tight end in Mark Andrews, and a great defense, and a good infrastructure, and a coach who's you know stable enough. You know, John Harbaugh has been there for a long time, but. Uh, Lamar Jackson is definitely one of those superstars in sports who you don't appreciate until they show you it every single week. And for whatever reason that's been happening, I don't think it's going to stop this week. The Bears defense showed me enough against the Steelers, but this is a whole different ball game. And if you want to blitz your tail off like Brian Flores did of the Miami Dolphins, good luck. Especially if you're sending guys out there, you know, not not like Bruce Irvin, but Bruce Irvin's, you know, fresh off the off the couch. And if you're sending him to go chase Lamar Jackson, good luck, because a healthy Khalil Mack would have his hands full with Lamar Jackson. So I think this is going to be a, a game between two really really good young quarterbacks. One obviously who's reached uh, a certain level, an MVP type of level, and playing like an MVP again this season, and another who, let's face it. For everything that you were thinking, even if you had some kind of doubt about Justin Fields, a lot of that can be alleviated now because of what he showed you, especially in the second half of that Steelers game. Now, going forward, you got to build on that. Like, this is where I put the pressure on Justin, you know, and, and he puts the pressure on himself. So who am I to do it? Right. But you got to start stacking these games. You got it. All right. On top of the second half performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now you got to stack it against a Ravens defense that's always aggressive. They're banged up. They're beat up. Their secondary is, is, is you know, has been going through it. But you got to stack these games no matter what. And, you know, if, if Allen Robinson, who I saw uh, was, was on the injured, injury report as not practicing, if Allen Robinson, who I believe hasn't cracked 60-some-odd yards, 68 yards or more uh, in a game this season, if, if there's a game for him to have, and he, he tried to have it last game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it'll be this one because the corners for the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, you're talking about Marlon Humphrey and a bunch of dudes who are really, really good, but their secondary is banged up. Darnell Mooney, we know, is going to get a certain amount of targets from Justin Fields because they have a, a chemistry. But if it's going to be any game where Allen Robinson helps his young quarterback out, it's going to have to be this one. And on top of it, the tight ends. I mean, you know, Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, anybody else you want to throw out there, everybody's going to be vital because the, the Ravens don't sit back and allow you to dictate the pace offensively. They're going to come after Justin Fields like everybody else has. But they do it in a, their own special way, and they've been doing that for years now. The Ravens have been one of the more physical teams in football for the last decade. It hasn't stopped this year, even with their injuries. I think this is going to be a tough game for the Bears. Uh, I, I'm hoping it's not blowout, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game is a double-digit victory for the Ravens. Uh, and you got to just hope that, one, Justin Fields comes out of it healthy, and two, 
that he's building. He, he's stacking good games. Uh, other than that, you know, the analysis is the Ravens are the better team. They've got something to play for. The Bears are a team still trying to find themselves. A tough loss last week against uh, a, a, another AFC North foe. You go up against the Ravens at home now. The weather's changing a little bit. So maybe, maybe, just maybe that that is uh, on your side, even though I don't think it is because the Ravens don't give a damn about the weather. It's just about how Sean Desai wants to play this thing. And Sean Desai has been under the microscope over the last couple of weeks, right? After the hot start to the season. I won't say hot start, but after the way he employed certain things after the Rams game, you thought, okay, this dude actually is trying to put it together, knows what he's doing. You know, the the final drive against his defense in Pittsburgh, that was was a black mark on, on his resume. Now, Going up against Lamar Jackson, do you sit in zone, have all eyes on the quarterback that, that can scramble? Do you play enough man that you can blitz? Like these, this is the reason why Sean Desai gets paid defensive coordinator pay. We're going to figure out who is uh, who, who can get out scheme, who can get out coach, because the talent disparity is is obvious. The Ravens are the better football team, so I don't have high hopes for the uh, for the Bears Ravens game. Uh, and I'm starting to starting to feel kind of. Kind of itchy about I, I went on this whole rant about how you should believe in the Bulls and how, you know, it's, it's good because they're competing again and you haven't felt this way. And I still feel like you should feel that way as a Bulls fan. But, 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 but the Blazers game to me, it, it's just a microcosm of what the Bulls have dealt with, where they've had a steady diet of tough shots that they've made consistently for 14 games. And in the second half of the Blazers game, those tough shots weren't falling. Now, what stuck out to me was DeMar DeRozan uh, has been there, done that, right? And nobody really on this team outside of Alex Caruso in a, in a, a bench role has been there, done that. DeMar DeRozan is going to have to learn, and this is not a knock on him, but at some point, you know, trusting people outside of Zach is going to have to happen. And the way that game went down at the end there where, you know, he, he stumbles, maybe he was fouled by Nasir Little, maybe he wasn't. He gets back up without being able to dribble and just fires up a shot while Zach is coming around uh, the, the top of the key, replacing the man who screened for him. Like those are the little things where the chemistry is still being built. Trust is still being earned. Uh, and he's, you know, a professional scorer. So if I haven't shot well, this next one is going down. So I don't take a lot away from the Blazers game other than the Bulls, if they're small, and if they're forced to stay small and they can get pounded on the glass by guys like Nurkic and, and Larry Nash Jr., that's on tape now. You know, I was, I was astounded that the, the Anthony Davis-led Los Angeles Lakers didn't give the ball to Anthony Davis because the Bulls' glaring weakness right now is the, their center position, their front court. You know, Nikola Vucevic, who has got to pass a couple of – well, give a couple of negative tests on the COVID out, outlook, even when he returns – you know, having Tony Bradley out there seems like the Bulls are at a disadvantage. And Tony's still trying to figure it out. He shouldn't be starting, but he's been thrust into this situation because of COVID. You got Derrick Jones Jr. at six foot seven, two hundred pounds, and Javante Green at six foot four, six foot five, two hundred, you know, five pounds, one hundred ninety-five pounds, whatever it is, playing the four and the five. Like that, that isn't sustainable 
uh, you know, over the long run of a season. So not only are they going to have to get Vooch back, but I think they might be in the market of looking at a, you know, a backup big man or just some size on the front line. No Patrick Williams, Kobe White trying to figure his way out. They can only rely right now on their defense and tough shot making. And as we saw last night against those Portland Trailblazers, you can make all the tough shots you want, but at some point, at some time, you're going to have to run some offense. And a team that has Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, those two dudes scored six points in the first half. The the Bulls were up by 15. They turned around after going up by 20, lost that game by four or five points. It's because they didn't have any interior presence. They didn't have a shot blocker. They didn't really have a rim protector, and they lost out on a lot of second-chance opportunities. Bulls are going to be a lot of fun, but there are going to be some losses where you know exactly why it's happening, and I think that Portland Trailblazers' second half is one to grow on because I think, I think that as this team, as their profile starts to rise and as national pundits start to pontificate on their uh, outlook and their future this NBA season even more. There's going to be teams who can't wait to knock off these Bulls with simply just being bigger than them. It's the full go, baby, baby, baby. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah, I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Yeah, all right. You got to be rolling when, when, when the gods bless you, you know, when the, when the pillars and the foundation of the Ringer Spotify platform join you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff. I am the person referring to himself in third person. Uh, as always, brought to you by the Ringer and Spotify as the gang. We have now, like I've had a lot of people on this show the first 30 episodes, frankly, most of whom I thought would say no, and they just happened to say yes because they wanted to throw me a bone. These two people are very busy. They, they churn out podcasts. Rachel is in 17 different places at once. Van is watching all the old school Marvel and new school Marvel movies just to keep you abreast. You know, Van is the coolest. Like, I'm a nerd. And I feel like Van is the cool nerd king. You know what I mean? Like he's he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy that makes makes nerding out look good. And of course, Rachel Lindsay. You can hear them on the Higher Learning podcast, which I listen to every time it comes out. There's like four or five podcasts that I have in rotation. It's not just because you guys are on here. And I'm happy to have you guys on the show because I gotta be honest with you. When Dollar Bill Simmons reached out, uh, I was like, I gotta find some black people to ask some questions about this this this, this company. You know what I mean? Like you do 
all your Google shit that makes yeah. you feel like your due diligence is being done. Like, oh, this is what the stock is doing. And this is what, oh, okay. But I'm like, hmm, that's through the lens of carcassity. So let me holler at the brown folks uh, in Van Lathan and, and, of course, Rachel Lindsay. And they both was like, come on through. Van actually was like, it's good over. He gave me like a death row kind of speech in my text message where he's like, come on over. And and it's been <laughs> it's been all good since. Thank you so much for uh, joining me, guys. Uh, always a pleasure. Rachel. Happy man, to I, be here. I, uh, I, I understand what you go through sometimes because I only got a chance Stop. to work with. I only got a chance to work with Rachel like two or three shows. Right. And Rachel has a knack for being so cool and so awesome that the shade kind of goes unchecked uh, the, and unnoticed, to be honest with you. A lot of people don't notice how, how Rachel shades you. And I listen to the podcast, and I can't wait for those moments where it's like, oh, Rachel's on that shit today. So yeah. how, how does it work between the two of you? Because I know- We are not starting off like this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Van could be deemed the irritant at times, and he's, you know, he's he's stirring the pot and, and yes. throwing the topics out here. But I think Rachel's got the real sinister kind of plot in the background because she gets away with a smile and she's selling forty-five different products every single day. You know what I mean? So I'm not Van- liking this bromance now, Jason. You and I go way back. We do I'm go back. Li- I, I'm gonna remember this. Go no, ahead, I, Van. You know I love you. <laughs> Uh, you know, I like, uh, but Van, Van, how do you how do you make sure that you don't seem like the bad guy when the obvious bad guy has yet to be unsheathed? Well, it, it, it I try to at first, <laughs> but then you can't. You know what I mean? Like I've I've like in the recent podcasts, I just embrace the bad guy role. I, you have to embrace the bad guy role. You know what I mean? It's like it, I, I have to be. The bad guy of the podcast. I have to make sure I'm saying outlandish shit. I'm saying provocative shit so we can mm-hmm. get our, our dander up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rachel, like Rachel toes the line. That's what she does. Oh. Like Rachel, Rachel toes the line. You know, she's, she's America's got, neighbor. She's America's neighbor. She's gotten a couple people fired on our podcast. You know, oh, no. <laughs> she's, you know what I mean? She's like, she don't get me wrong. Like you, like, you, you cross her. She's like the HR. She gets the fuck out of here. We know we oh, still yeah. we got old soup kitchen. We know where he's at right now. Um, oh, oh, so no. so, but nah. But I, if there's, I'll be I'll be the bad guy. That's what I'll do. Rachel's Rachel's America's sweetheart. You yeah. know I'm so misunderstood because this. Could, how many times Van do you get messages talking about Rachel said this, Rachel said that, people don't agree with me, and I'm one to call people out. Now Van might call me out, but I'm one to call out others, which mm. I think you know, gets me in maybe some a little trouble and people don't expect it coming from you. You know, you, you, you know, you, 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 you smile a lot. You're on red carpets. People think that you, you not think you're jet setting all over the world. Like we had to squeeze this in before you had to go to Ibiza or something. So I know what it is. I know what it is. And Van, I actually had a chance to work with Rachel uh, at ESPN and I'll never forget when we first did a show as a football show on a weekend and she, we finished up the show. It's like five, hours four hours something like that she's driving the show too right so she's handling calls she's talking to the guests she's 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 uh doling out the topics and we we jump in the rental and we go back to where we both were staying it pretty much was like a trap house across the street from the popeyes in bristol and she goes that was my fourth show i'm like damn they working the hell out of her that's four shows this weekend and she was like no no that's my fourth show ever and i'm like oh oh wow She's good and that, 
or uh, the bachelor no. is is pretty damn awesome and it opened up all these things where Rachel could dip and dab and I was like man and you know what the best part was Van is that I couldn't tell that she was as nervous as she was and and yeah. that's I grew I grew a, a a deep respect and fondness for it because when the weekend show rolled around Rachel was ready to fire it everybody always came prepared so I, I listen to you guys and and I hear the not only the chemistry but you guys have a a really really cool mix of it doesn't have to be comfortable or you don't have to agree on things to have fun and have a conversation yeah so my only rule for preparation is to under prepare. So that's that's my only rule. My only rule is read a couple of lines and shoot from the hip. My man. You know what I mean? My, my man. Uh, so, you know, no. like Rach, <laughs> no, we're different. Rach said way. no. It's like a real life marriage. Like we complete each other. I'm prepared. <laughs> she's prepared. You know, she comes in. I am all over the place. Rachel is by far the grounding spirit of our Man, podcast. Like for real. by far, she's the adult in the room. You know what I mean? That's Even though true. I'm like a lot older than her, as my hairline <laughs> would demonstrate. Um, but she's the adult in the room. I just think it works, man. It 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 works to have a mixture of two people that have enough in common, but enough differences to have some takes that are. Because it's one thing when you hear, hey, I'm the liberal. Hey, I'm the conservative. Right. We're going to fight about everything. It's more intriguing to me than, hey, we agree, but just not in the structure of it. Because I think right. those are more actual conversations that happen within the community. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's funny because the, the show that Jason and I did was a five-hour NFL show on Sundays that covered half of afternoon games and then the Sunday night game. I had no idea what I was doing. I should have never had that job. I can say that now. <laughs> I almost cried after my first day. But when Jason came in, I, for the first time, was like, oh, like this is how it's supposed to be when you have just that natural chemistry and you can just talk. Like I felt like I was talking to the homie like I've known you for a long time. Yeah. You'll never understand how much that show meant to me because it showed me another side of, oh, you can loosen up a bit and you don't have to be so perfect. You can be more of yourself. And that's what, and then, I mean, then we went on to do GTL with, mm -hmm. with Taylor and, and we had such a fun time. And thank What's God, GTL? Drive, it's golf. Taylor and Lindsay. Ooh. Yeah, like like yeah, yeah it's corny. It's corny. Don't no, you know, like don't it. get it. No, you no, you 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 fuck you fucking lying cuz you you rolled your eyes. Ian named us, he did. Ian like, named us, but it was it's a, it's okay. It's okay. But we had a great time and that's and that's the energy that I well actually when I started the podcast with Van, I I don't I have imposter syndrome and it's something that like I talk about a lot and I and that's why sometimes I come in over prepared and and trying to be perfect or what we like to call extra Rachel because you know there's extra Rachel there's bachelor Rachel and then there's higher learning Rachel which we <laughs> like the best we like the best but I really thought Van didn't like me and oh, so wow. I came in I Van I've told you this before I, I don't know I just get in my head and so I came in super prepared and I was like I have to match him and I have to be like this and then like three or four episodes in it, I was just like can, we can curse we can curse on this right yeah for sure okay I was like I don't give a fuck you know yeah, I'm just gonna sure. talk to Van we just gonna go at it he's big brother I'm little sister and you know it's it's been a uh, I think what what it's the key to our podcast like we're like siblings that are that are arguing with one another you feel yeah. like you're at the dinner table with us 
Yeah, except except the judge doesn't claim Van. Uh, you know, when we're talking. My dad, about. my dad, <laughs> we're working, loves we're working Van. on it though. My dad loves Van. He always <laughs> asks about Van. It's crazy. We're working on. Hey, Jason, we're getting close. Yeah, you about to get in the front door? We're getting close to Rachel calling home to her house in Dallas, and then hearing my voice in the background and the judge being like, "That's Van and I. We're watching the." Or Cosby show together. And then we're going to church. You know what I mean? Like, on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. It's getting close. It's getting close to like you seeing the judge, somebody handing papers to the judge mm-hmm. in the courtroom mm-hmm. and it being me. And there you go. Like me being his assistant. I love the yeah. judge. Yeah. Yeah. So Van, I want to ask you this because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm with, my, as, as the Shih Tzu starts to uh, bark in the background here, I want to I ask you this, as, as Rachel talks about imposter syndrome, which I, I suffer from as well, and uh-huh. the anxiety that comes along with that, you know, you guys speak about mental health in your own ways and a lot on this podcast about taking care of yourself and taking care of others. For a person like yourself, who especially over the last few months, you, you know, you've undergone a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of changes in your life you know uh, mm-hmm. uh, condolences on your father passing thank um, you and, and the, the confidence that uh i'll just say it uh, us as black men have to have in spaces like these i'm not saying that rachel doesn't have to have it as a black woman but the confidence that black oh, men have yeah. to have in spaces like these uh even those times when you're not feeling that way like i never hear it through the pod like coming up in local radio i used to tell friends of mine like nobody gives a shit about your bad day when it's time to talk when it's yeah. time to entertain people um how do you go about those days? How do you how do you navigate those waters when you know it's showtime? Because I'm sure you had to do that for all those years with TMZ and, and any of the other <laughs> ventures that you uh, in, in, embarked upon. So two ways. Um, uh, arrogance and recklessness. Uh, I've been talking to hear myself talk for like a long time, dog. I just, be- I just believe. <laughs> I just believe that I have some interesting shit to say. So it was like, I think people at TMZ, when I first got to TMZ, they were like, huh, who the fuck does this guy think he is? I'd be like, no, that's actually not right. It's the way it goes. And then yeah. sometimes it's not even about calling people out. Sometimes I'd be like, hey, did you guys know that blah, 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 blah? And then Harvey would be like, well, no, we actually didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Who are you again? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Um, and the second part of it is there's this reckless energy that I have. Like, I get nervous. And then I get to the point, it's so stupid. It's like a weird thing. So even when I, I've, the last couple of weeks, I've gone to Atlanta twice to moderate two panels. And that's the only time I really prepare, right? Because I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to make the client upset. You know, they're right. thousands of dollars and all of that. I so let myself down. I don't want to let anybody else down. Yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I, like, I, that's the only time I really prepare. And you're all fraught and wound up about it. And then they put the mic in your hand before you step on stage. And when you step on the stage, what's up, Atlanta? You know what I mean? Fuck it. Cards drop. I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. So mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of those two things. One is like there are people out there that like have to decide where they're going to cut on somebody's heart to fix their, their aorta. Those mm. motherfuckers got pressure on them. <laughs> <laughs> like we talking into mics, right. you know what I'm saying, uh, about fucking – Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian, we're going to be okay. I think yeah. things are going to be fine. Just have a good yeah. time when you're up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you mentioned that. I saw that picture yesterday. 
uh, where Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, Kris Jenner, and Flavor Flav Flavor are Flav. in the same picture. And, yeah. I, and I, sent it, I sent it to my old boys in the group chat, and they were all like, hey, man, it, nothing surprises me anymore. That's not what yeah. they said, but I'm not going to say what they said on here because sure. you know, I'm not about to get up out of here in the first year of this deal. But <laughs> what stories that come to the table are you guys like, you know what, I'm not fucking with this. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm sure everyone has said everything that it has to be said on this. I'm not dealing with this. How often does that happen topically between the two of you? Not that much, right? We got a lot to say about everything. Right. I, I mean, we like really, I don't know if we just love to hear ourselves talk or we think what yeah. we has, we say have to say is so important, but mm-hmm. there's nothing that we normally shy away from. Right. I mean, we yeah we or maybe not even shy away Rach like when you know that there's nothing like there's no other layer or extra level to a conversation and you just be doing it to do it like do you ever because I know I feel like that in sports especially locally quite often where it's like this shit don't interest me as much as it interests y'all so I'm gonna talk about the things that I want to talk about and hopefully you get it but if you do want to talk about the backup right guard on the 08 team I'm down for that as well I can see that in sports Because even when we would do radio, you know, four hours, five hours on the weekend, it gets like that sometimes. But I think that's what's so great about our podcast is we cover so many different topics Mm -hmm. and we get to choose what it is that we want to talk about. And then sometimes it's not even on our rundown. Van will be like, did you see this? Oh, this just popped up. Breaking news. This happened. Or we're just shooting the shit about what happened during our day or our weekend and just giving each other a hard time about it. And I think that's what's great. At the beginning of our podcast, I feel like we were like, you know what? Nothing is off limits. If it's something that I did or I talked about or started some beef or, you know, it's uncomfortable for me or vice versa, we're like, we're going to bring it to the podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and also, you have to groom your audience for that, too. Right. So when, yeah. you, when you get on when you get on the podcast and you just start shooting the shit about shit that has nothing to do with anything, your audience knows that sometimes they just talk it. Sometimes we are just on the podcast talking. Sometimes it's, <laughs> what we're saying is very important. And then sometimes. It's I'm just saying shit. Like, yeah. I don't know if like, you know, Jason, but have you heard about Rachel's uh, side hustle at the Waldorf Astoria? No, I, see? Yo, hey, when you said that on the pod, I didn't yeah. have the, 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 the video accompaniment, Visual. but man, of course, yeah. of course. The, 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 yeah. the world famous picture you know between he and her and B-Money at and, and the Waldorf. We're yeah. not going to yeah. have any of that here, okay? <laughs> we do that on Higher Learning. We're not going to bring that over here. Well, I'm just saying, well, I'm just saying <laughs> this. I see, some, I see something like that, and I think the first thing I think is I'm looking at it, I'm like, on the elevator in Atlanta, I'm like, I damn that look like Rachel. It looks like Rachel. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I got to bring this on the podcast. Click, click. You know what I mean? The guy doesn't really look like Brian. He looks like well, one of the, in the bizarre world, a different outcome of, uh, in the multiverse, a different outcome of The Bachelor. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like stuff like that, we just, we're just having fun, man. And a lot of these QVC things. QVC Rach, that very well could have been me. Very well could have been me. Man, and, 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 and by the way, learning about new people is fun too. Cause I, I follow Rach on Instagram and I'm like, yo, man, she out here getting money. Hey, hey, there like, was a time she out here getting money. Stupid the money. Fuck. Like stupid, stupid money. money. Hi. Sometimes at night I like to sit down and watch a movie. But when I do it, I can't help but break open a bottle of Doritos. Uh, mm-hmm. A bag of Doritos. <laughs> they mm-hmm. crack in yeah. your mouth so nice. Mm-hmm. Crumbly tortilla and cheesy chip. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, I'm looking at Kalika, I'm like, is this a commercial? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I she saw got she, a Coke in her hand. Like, <laughs> I love to clean up around the house, but when I do it, I use a Swiffer. What the fuck? <laughs> so it's just funny to learn about new people, you know? I knew I was getting on her nerves after the first, I don't know, seven or eight times I saw her yeah, selling something. And I was like, ooh, always be selling. Big money Rach over here. And you know y'all are messing mean? with my money. You know, messing with my money. You know what, Jason, though, to answer your question, though, <laughs> to maybe to change it to, uh, more to a serious note, there is a topic that we were like, you know what? We're going to chill off on. When What's we that? started our podcast, it was right the week before George Floyd. And uh -huh. so it kind of changed the dynamic of our podcast. It was like Hannah Brown said the N-word, George Floyd. We're dealing with learning new details about Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud yeah. Arbery. We're dealing with all of this at one time. And it became so much. And we were even getting emotional because we were, we were going through our emotions in real time and yeah. experiencing it on the podcast. That's another thing that really set the tone of our podcast, too. And I remember at one point we were like, you know what? We're dealing with so much killing at the the hands of police officers when it comes to our people that we were like, we just got to stop for a second because we'll be talking about this every single week of somebody yeah. else dying a death that shouldn't be happening and then them not getting any sort of justice or an accountability on the other side. So we were like, we're just going to have to yeah. pick and choose which ones we talk about. And we really have steered away from that. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy that you mentioned that because uh I've had a couple of people who've listened to this podcast and, and Rachel, you know, some of my background here in the city of Chicago, when I worked at the local sports radio station, that's what, well, when I got the afternoon drive at the station, I'd listened to all my life and came up when it interned, uh, when the Colin Kaepernick stuff was happening, that's right. When I uh, got the position that I finally wanted. Right. And, I was the only one of the few black voices in the city and one, also one of the few ones that were, was like, hey, this shit ain't cool, y'all. And mm -hmm. argued with former professional quarterbacks who have, you know, CBS gigs that are very visible about <laughs> Colin Kaepernick and telling, you know, I had one guy say, you know, I'm not going to let him disrespect my flag. And I was like, well, it was kind of his flag, too. And, you know, you, you got a whole audience. And right. let's face it, a sports radio, we knew our demographic. It was 25 to 54 year old men and 80 plus percent of them were white men. So every day you, it was cool for you to be the brother that they knew and was cracking jokes with and singing the songs with and all that. But when it came time to talking about something that affected you, kind of got caught in that, that, that crosshair of like, oh, it's just me talking about the same shit that y'all would talk about with Charlie Hebdo or any other disease or anything that happens with that has to be um, realized and felt, right, and okay. truly evaluated and I just happened to be my turn, and then I got mm -hmm. let go because it was it was not the tenor that people wanted at that time. And now I look back on it, um, and it, it's crazy now because it's inventory. You know, there mm -hmm. there are there are companies who look for black people to 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 talk about these things. Yeah, talk about, and it's like, nah, I'm just talking about life. You know, I'm just right. talking about the things that ail me, the things that make me happy, and all those things. So it's it's crazy that that's one of those things where you're like, hey, maybe we should peel back because there's there's at some point it becomes grief porn and some point it becomes performative for some people and I never wanted to be that so now that I'm in this space I talk about all these same things but it's different because now if you want to hear this you coming to me 
Like it has that weird Chappelle vibe where it's like, hey, by the way, you clicked on this, right? Not right, not yeah. it being a local sports radio station and you just wanted to be listening to your friends and the black guy just happened to be bombing it four hours out the day. So it's it's interesting, you know, finding that freedom and finding that space where you're like, yeah, man, this is the shit that I want to talk about and it's just going to have to be what it is. Like there's a certain freedom. And unfortunately, it happens on the heels of like one of the most impactful and mentally exhausting periods that anybody can remember in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also just, when you're doing anything, you just can't be afraid to make your audience uncomfortable. They got to be uncomfortable sometimes, man. They just, just have to, there's like, if you're going to do what we're doing right now, at a certain point, you know, people watch Fox news because they agree with it. People watch CNN because they agree with it. The other side won't watch anything because they're not comfortable. It doesn't make them comfortable. And with us, unless we're gonna just speak into a uh, into a, like a, a a vacuum, a silo. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you if you want to if you want to indoctrinate people, you give them like you know what it is that they want to hear. You know what I mean. But if you yeah. want to push them and actually help them grow and grow yourself. And sometimes you got to challenge yourself. Sometimes you got to challenge them. And you're not always going to be right. But if they're uncomfortable, at least they're, you know, they're learning. Mm-hmm. Rachel, what do you learn about your audience in terms of the feedback that you get from the podcast and of the podcast? Like, you know, I, I can't even tell you who you guys' audience would be because I think it's it's a wide-ranging kind of vibe. Like, I, I can definitely hear, you know, you guys talking to and it being – uh, it, it resonating with, you know, the, the young white folks and the old heads who are like the, you know, the professors at colleges who are like, yeah, you know, they, they're kicking that shit. Right. And then, of course, <laughs> the people like the community is going to be down with you because you guys have wide ranging views. And like Van mentioned, you guys are similar in thought, but the spectrum isn't so close that it's going to be nothing but an echo chamber. So what, what are you what are you gleaning from all of this that your the, the higher learning podcast audience resembles these days? That it's such a good question. We don't really know. We've talked about who our audience is, and it's in. It, That's because I Spotify knew, ain't sharing the damn numbers. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I was coming from one world. Van was kind of coming from another, and I thought we would have such a wide reach just because we're bringing two different audiences together. And but what I didn't know is that Bachelor Nation would follow me to the podcast because. Truly, bachelor people only want to hear you talk about bachelor people. 100%. So I'm, I'm, I'm very proud that there's still a large number of folks that are like, you know what, we want, it. we're interested in what Rachel is bringing to the table outside of the bachelor, which is so rare. Now, sadly, a lot of them have turned on me and have and love Van <laughs> more than they love me. They love Van. They think Van seems so- like a friend stealer, though. Van seems like the dude, because I've been this person, the dude you bring around yeah. and your friends are like, oh, I fuck with him a little bit more than I fuck with you. Not so also though, doing that to you, Rach. But also, you know, <laughs> why, you know why that is, though? You know why that is, though? That's because, like, whenever you have a group of people that are so invested into something like Batch, and they all know the Batch, batch. language and the Batch lingo and all of that stuff, batch. when I come into the world of Batch and everything is new, I was like a big Batch baby. Like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like what? And they're and they're they into that. It. They love that. And they also love the fact that, yo, man, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jason, bruh. There's nothing fucking weirder than this whole bachelor thing. 
This shit is fucking <laughs> odd, bro. Hey. Some of the most lovely people in the world. Don't get me wrong, the Bachelor fans, but they really are fucking like this it's is their cult. thing. I guess it's not that it weird. Is, the same way we are about the end. It's like this is their thing, and it's just that was so <laughs> fucking funny to me. I'm I'm looking on the Reddit board, and people are hard up, pissed the fuck off. I can't believe he treated her that way. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? But well, then man. they tattle. They tattle on me to Van. They'll be like, <laughs> to me, did you yeah. see what you Rachel know? did? We've had to call out the audience like, y'all. Van was Knock like, it off. Rachel's my sis. I'm not going to come at her. I'm not going to scold her like that. Right. Stop <laughs> snitching. Right. Hey, Van, right. you have any idea what Rachel did to this? And that? And there's a lot of snitching going on in Bachelor Nation. That's all I got to say. Hey, <laughs> I got to be I gotta be honest with you, Van. So when I first worked with Rachel, I didn't have a heart to tell her that I have never watched an episode of The Bachelor. So when she was being introduced to me, uh, through the people at ESPN, and he's like, "Oh, you know, the the first black bachelorette," and I'm like, "Oh, cool." I'm like, "That's a pretty, it's a pretty jazzy title for a regular person." And then I realized, "Oh, we're talking about the show." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "If she the first black bat, like uh, it's like being the first lady." You know what I mean? Like she's the first black bachelorette. You should look down when she walks into the room. And I'm like, "Nah, I don't know the show." So, and I still, right. and I still haven't watched it because please don't. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it one day, bro. Please don't, man. No, Van hasn't seen it either, or my season. Uh, yeah, you know why? Because I, I think about the stallions uh, every time I, I, I think about these reality shows. What was my, my, the guys who was off? Oh my god! You remember who the dudes we're all talking about? Chance and uh, oh. Chance and uh, real Chance and love. Um, real Chance and love. The stallion yo, heirs. It was real and Chance. Yeah. Real and Chance. The stallion heirs. Oh shit! Sta- I, I remember they had it. Hey, it, was I, I a, to... it was gonna be a stallion air Christmas. Oh, you know it, right? Like they yeah. get them dudes to show. So every time I think about these dating shows i think about the black versions right so i'm like right. oh shit i ain't watching the white stallions like what are we out yeah. here doing rest you know? in peace to real christmas <laughs> oh my gosh but you know yeah. what jason to answer your question too i mean i'll meet i meet people out in the wild all the time this is what catches me off guard i think it's just fascination but i'll be like parking my car or something and there's like a person in security and they're like love the podcast and i'm like really you that listen to the podcast awesome. Walking and sitting at a restaurant, somebody will stop me and be like, love you on the podcast, which I love. So I'm just like, we got thought warriors out there, a prideful moment. And this, and Van knows this. I'm, I'm there doing an interview and Steph Curry says, I'm a thought listener. And I said, it's warriors. See, I even corrected Steph. Curry. Nice. Like, as you should. Thought, thought warriors. But mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a fan. He listens to it. So it's like, we, our audience is so big and, and, and diverse. That, and mm-hmm. diverse, I think, because our topics are. But what I, I guess I get the most from them is that they want to learn and they're curious to hear what our, either they're, they're curious to hear what our take is going to be, like a hot take. They want to hear our banter of just like how the day went or they yeah. really want to learn because they don't know about the culture, the community, what's going on. And they bring stories to us. Like Van yeah. always shouts at our Reddit, our Reddit is popping. It's yeah. like, they give us topics and ideas too, so you know. See, it's great. y'all, y'all off into the stratosphere. I got to get a Reddit group popping off. You know what I mean? I got to figure something else out because all I got is message board dudes who hate my guts and try to send crazy, you know, messages to my mom and my sister via Twitter. So that's all yeah. I have. Yeah, that's but, the hate. Job. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, Van, I got, I got some issues, man. I got some issues. I'm glad we got the niceties yes. out the way. Yes. I got some issues, bro. Uh, I, heard, I heard you, if not the last pod, the pod before, yes. uh, out your mouth say that the book of Scottie Pippen could not be written without Michael Jordan, but the book of Michael Jordan can be written without Scottie yeah. Pippen. Yes. And I want to know how the fuck that is possible. Okay. I'll tell you. you know, for the people who, because I heard your argument, for the people who didn't hear this, Van Lathan, you know, Louisiana's finest, never right. really had a basketball team that he could root for close enough to really get the, <laughs> the nuance and, 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 you know, intricacies yeah. of understanding what a great teammate looks like, nor never had six championship parades in his high school informative years. You know, but I want to I wanna, I wanna get from you why that so, came off your lips. So there's a, there's a key word in there. Could. <laughs> so this is so there's a key word in there. Could be. Okay. So not would be. The book of Michael Jordan's life wouldn't be written without Scotty Pippen. Scotty Scotty Pippen. It, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be written without Scotty Pippen, right? But it could be. If you if you if you want because you don't in order to talk about the Bulls' six championships, right, you could easily talk about Michael Jordan getting to the peak of his powers. And then when Michael Jordan was at the peak of his powers, he was unbeatable. He 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 bolted up after uh, the Jordan rules were mm-hmm. – the Pistons hit him with the Jordan rules. Mm-hmm. He, he got different weight training. Yeah, Ooh, Tim Grover. Phil Jackson, uh, like Tim Tim Jackson uh, – Tim Jackson. Phil Jackson comes in. All of these things happen, and Michael Jordan gets there. Every single memorable moment in the history of the Chicago Bulls' championship runs is Michael Jordan with the ball in his hand. There are very few that are. Now, Scotty has moments that are big time, right? The dunk on Patrick Ewing, which is my favorite NBA moment of all time. He doesn't have a lot. That's the thing, though. He, he doesn't, doesn't have, have a lot. He doesn't have a lot. Mm-hmm. So almost every single memorable moment that has to do with the Chicago Bulls winning the championship is involved with Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Even when Michael Jordan is dishing off to guys, the pass is still coming from MJ. You know what I'm saying? Michael Jordan is stealing the ball from Carl Malone. All of those things, right? Sky doesn't have that. So if you're going to tell the story of how the Bulls won a bunch of different championships and became a dynasty, you cannot tell that story from Scottie Pippen's purview without Michael Jordan because you need the guy who, who, who took the last shot. You need the guy who stole the ball. You need the guy who made the pass. You need all of that stuff, right? But if you wanted to, you wouldn't. But if you wanted to, you could definitely tell Michael Jordan's story without Scottie Pippen. It's possible to do it. It's impossible to do it from a basketball standpoint with Scottie Pippen. That's my only, that is my only point. And by the way, it exists like that in most situations where there's an alpha as clear as Michael Jordan was. To me, I personally think a lot of the shit that Scottie Pippen is saying 
is true. I think Scottie Pippen is <laughs> way under. I think Scottie Pippen is way underrated. When I say way underrated, he is to me the greatest perimeter defender in the history of the league. Right. The greatest Swiss Army knife in the history of the league. He's like Draymond. If Draymond could actually get buckets, I'm not saying that Draymond <laughs> needs to score. Draymond doesn't care about scoring. But Scotty was basically what Draymond could do without some of the rebounding, and um, and he could score. And Draymond, to me, is one of the most valuable players in the last 10, 15 years, too. Yeah. But I think the fact that he didn't stamp his legacy in those super high leverage moments is coming back to bite Scotty in his ass a little bit. He thought he would be remembered better for the sacrifices he made. And people don't remember sacrifice. They remember greatness. They remember big moments, yeah. 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 Well, see, now, this is – go ahead, Rach. Oh, I was just going to say, now he's just going to be remembered for the book. Yeah, the 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 issue that I and I talked about this on the last pod. Uh, to me, it's all sad. And growing up as a kid here, watching those dudes every single night, like they was the you know I talk about baseball being the soundtrack of your summer, but the soundtrack of my winter months and holiday season was the Bulls. I go down in the basement, watch Sports Channel, be me, Johnny Red Curd, Tom Dore, all my old white buddies, and we sitting there watching the game together. Right, I'm I'm by myself in the basement, but I got my gang. And Scottie yeah. Pippen was a part of that gang. Um, they don't win those. Well, especially that first championship. And I, I know a lot of people think it's like legend and it's, it's like Paul Bunyan-esque now because it, you know, it started with Scotty picking up Magic after, I believe, game two at half court and turning mm-hmm. him around. It, it, it turned into Scotty pretty much decimating Magic and making him want to retire. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, it turned into that. But Scotty Pippen defensively allowed Michael Jordan to do a lot of things offensively, especially in fourth quarters that he wouldn't have been able to do. Like we, we look at guys like James Harden who aren't successful as we think they should be in Houston because look at him. He scored all these points. And then when he gets to the, the finals or he gets to the conference finals or the playoffs, he's a dud. Well, it's because he's been carrying 82 games worth of usage, right? right. And, and on top of it, he was a good defender before he got to Houston. He's like, I can't do both these things, so you're going to have to kiss my ass on one of them. And, and it ain't going to be the offensive side. I just think Scottie Pippen right now, um, he's looking for respect, and I don't think people are looking in the right direction. Like, I think people think he's trying to tell people, give me my credit. But all in all, he's looking at the dude who he looked at as a big brother who never gave him the credit that he thought he was due. And it's kind of like one of these things where Jim Rice got into the Hall of Fame or the Jim Rice argument for a Hall of Fame. You're not going to get any better after you retire. Your stats don't improve. That's why I hate the Baseball Hall of Fame and the way they do things because it's like if I retired and I'm the shit, you shouldn't have to look at my stats 20 years from now and have some kind of conversation about the nuances of my seasons. You know, I'm not going to add anything to them. I played in the generation I played in. I think Scotty is looking at this thing, trying to reverse engineer it like, yo, by the way, I did this. I did that. I did. These are all the things that he said to Michael. Like I've talked to teammates of his who – you know, Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen were very vocal about how Michael treated them along the way and how they didn't get as, as much credit as they probably should have. These are all things Scottie has said before. And when The Last Dance came out and they waited to episode seven to even acknowledge Scottie as a real viable entity, and then you show all the, the, the hardships as well, Scottie's a very uh, sensitive dude. And I don't mean that in a bad way. And I think for years he's been looking for that validation from his big brother and he just went sideways, and he, yeah. and he doesn't know how to get it. And that's, that's, I think you, that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm going to give you a, a, another adage from my dad. I would hate to leave the podcast and not give you an adage from my dad. For sure. 
My dad shout out to senior. one time. So shout out to senior. My dad, I'm like, I'm saying all of this stuff. I'm telling my dad stuff I should have said to a coach or during a basketball game and stuff like that. My dad looks at me. He goes, son, you know when the best time to talk your shit is? And I'm like, no, dad. He goes, when people are listening. Hmm. It's true. It's real. It's the best time to talk your shit. Trying to it's get real. somebody's attention to talk your shit doesn't make any sense. But when people are listening to you, that's when you talk your shit. So I'll say about Scottie Pippen. People don't remember what I remember because I'm old. I remember Michael Jordan leaving and people thinking Scottie Pippen was the best basketball player in the world. Yeah. Or he was up there. Third yeah. MVP voting. Top five. I remember, yeah. I remember Charles Barkley saying that Scottie Pippen around, around that time was the best player in the world around the All-Star break, right? Bulls win 55 games, all of those things, right? It's not Scottie Pippen's personality to be Michael Jordan. It's not. But if there was any time for Scottie Pippen to let people know how great he was, it was when people were paying attention to Scottie Pippen. I think now it looks like he's trying to make them pay attention by saying whatever he has to say. For sure. But really, these are things that he always wanted to say. I think I think with a player that's that great, dream teamer, top 50 all time, like Scottie Pippen, I think it's always cool to listen to him. But at some point, you become toxic if you can't mm-hmm. make your peace with things. Mm. Like you can disturb your own peace. Scottie Pippen had his career. He's a six-time champion. Scottie Pippen needs to find peace in his post-basketball career with what he did on the basketball court. Because he had a career better than ninety nine point nine 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 guys in the NBA will ever have. He's an all time great, and he should leave it at that. That's how I feel. All right. From that to this, Rach, when Texas gonna start playing football again? Ooh. You know I love Jason. You no, I, love I don't feel the love because <laughs> I'm sitting here on a podcast with somebody who has the exact same record. As Texas, we are both four and six right now. And I don't care. No, it's not different. It's obviously a rebuilding year for us. I've said this as well. We have a new coach. We couldn't figure out our quarterback situation at the beginning. It's more than rebuilding though, Rach. That that shit looking like a HUD home right now. It's not like we haven't been close in games. You acted like we got blo- we got blown out in games. Y'all it's lost to Kansas though. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that. it. Stop saying that. Stop it. Y'all lost to Kansas it. though. Stop saying like, that. Like, it don't matter we how many you lose to OK Kansas State. by. Who's ranked? That's we all. Were close all that's to true. OU. Who was ranked? Baylor ranked. We were close. Don't stop comparing us just to one game with the Kansas game. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. At the beginning, two. we lost to Arkansas, and you were like, Arkansas, ugh, they're the bottom of the SEC. Who else lost to Arkansas? LSU. Talk your Yo. shit, Rach. Well, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal, though. Let's, let, let's talk about how this all started. I had nothing to say about Texas. Last time LSU was on the field with Texas, they took care of business. I had nothing to say about Texas. <laughs> you we was talking like, that 2019 like, shit like, is what you, like, that's like, how it started. No, I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Rachel, we talked about the fact that Texas and Oklahoma were coming into the SEC. And Rachel said that Texas was going to come into the SEC and run the SEC. (laughs) In two years. We have time. They won't. They they haven't run the Big 12. They haven't run the Big 12. The Big 12 is very good right now. Oklahoma has been running the Big 12 for the last at least 10 years. They haven't run the Big 12. How are they going to run the SEC? 
They haven't run the change B12. Change of scenery. Change of scenery. <laughs> change of scenery. <laughs> they got them 80-yard fields in, in, in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, man. They got some uh, – you know what's so crazy to me to, to watch that program? Like there's certain programs that just feel like they should never be bad, and then when they get that way or they, they stay mediocre, like it always feels worse. than like, I, you know, I'm 41, right? I just turned 41 on the 8th, right? And, man, Florida State and Miami meant something to me as a kid. Now, them was two basketball schools. Yeah. Like, 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 seriously, like they put out more basketball talent than they do football talent. And LSU, you know, I, I'll say this about LSU, Van Lathan. Uh, there is no school that should have more championships because of their fertile recruiting ground and has shown you that you really don't need um, a top tier coach, so to speak, to win a championship than Louisiana <laughs> State University. But what if you cha- got one? What if Lincoln, what if Lincoln Riley comes what if Dave Miranda comes? We got to deal with Ed Ozeron and Les Miles, baby. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's, not, that's not a diss to Coach Miles. I guess we should be dissing Coach Miles. But was Les always Coach bad? Ozeron. No, 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 no. Les is yeah. a great motivator. Yeah, but, he's just not a great tactician. He's not a great clock manager. He's not a great, he, he manager. A great scheme. Yeah. All, really, Ozeron and Les are kind of like the same guy. Like, right. you know, we like down-home guys. I like to get it. <laughs> but if we ever get anybody in there that can recruit their asses off mm-hmm. and that has a great scheme, and we'll, we'll always be right there. I think what LSU fans are frustrated with is when you think about it, any team would love to be LSU, right? Like any program. Since 2000, we've been to the national championship game four times. We're 3-1 and one in the game, right? So that's – incredible success but their peaks like we have now their peaks years where like you can't and these other top tier programs they have years where they're fantastic and then they have years where they're just okay but never years where they're down and we've had a couple of down years and i think we need some consistency on that did you go back to 2000 is that what you said (laughs) 21 years ago if that's yeah. the case, you can include Texas. Now we might not say, have been to four national championships, but we definitely haven't. have been. We definitely <laughs> have been to two, you, and we were yeah. and we were always top tier. We just started sucking after Mac Brown left in 2013. You, that's fine, but what I'm telling you, like when I'm like, that's cool because we could put the other bowls in it. We could put conference championships in it. In that's no way of success in the modern era, which begins in the year 2000, is Texas on the same playing field as LSU? Now before you then, gotta be kidding. But that Rachel, Vince Young, true. That Vince Young team is an all-time team. It like, is, but we had we have the best team all time. We have the best team all time. The best no. team. No, won every major award. Beat everybody no. by Waiting fifteen on the curve, plus. Though. We could be look like look. Here's my thing. You, I'm going to tell guys. you why we that have Miami, the best team. That Miami go team with like thirty first rounders. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Player for player. There have been better teams in LSU. I'm talking about the season okay. itself. All right, okay. player, the, the Miami team is stupid. Like that doesn't make no fucking sense. Yeah. You talk about teams that fit, <laughs> like that. That's dumb. Come on, man. And be, be, twenty six be first you, rounders. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, that Texas team was stacked too. Yeah. But so is LSU. So is LSU. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm yeah, saying, yeah. when you look at that run, that was the most dominant with a perfect quarterback. A perfect quarterback. So let me tell you why Texas is better, and it's not the statistics. It's the story, okay? Because we can go back. We can go back, like back and forth over. Oh, we were undefeated. We were undefeated. Oh, we beat this many top ranked teams. We beat this many top ranked teams. We broke this record. We broke this record. Here's the difference, and this is why we'll be 
one of the greatest teams, definitely greater than 2019. <laughs> Our story will tell the te- will stand the test of time because there is heart in that 2005 team. Y'all were blowing people out. Even your national championship game, it wasn't it wasn't even a fun game to watch, right? Are oh, you going to hit them out. with the it close a, games, right? It was it was expected. Oh shit. I was re- we I was were the for you. underdog. The same way you just talk about the Big 12 and how oh we don't have competition, oh this this and that. That's how people were looking at Texas for that 2005 team. Despite us beating an Ohio State other ranked teams in the Big 12, coming into that USC game, because I was there. I saw the media attention surrounding it. Nobody was talking about Texas. Vince Young was cheated out of a Heisman. We all know that. We all know that. Other Texas players won awards. Coming into that game, nobody believed in us except for us. And then (laughs) we come. What? It was David. My mom always says it was David and Goliath. The crazy thing was, though, (laughs) There was a lot what? of West Coast bias. When you go back and look at it, the SC team wasn't that good. No, 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 no. We're not going to do this. They, the they way weren't. we were able to come oh, back. The way we were able to come back. So what was Clemson? What was Clemson? Hold on. Just listen to me. I mean, you can – but see, with LSU, it's just not one team. LSU rolled Clemson. 42-25, Oklahoma, 63-28. This man got the game Georgia, log. Georgia, 37-10. Right, right. Get your, get your laptop. Oh, See, on, Rachel was just LSU, thought she was just so, going to so, talk to a microphone. Just so we know. Just so we know. <laughs> LSU won in this season. This is LSU. LSU won at number nine, Texas, at number seven, Florida, at number nine, Auburn, at number three, Al- uh, Alabama, uh, at they they beat number four Georgia in the um in in the uh, SC championship. Well, game. you know you know number the SC, you talk about West Coast bias. Though, hold on, Van. You talk about West Coast bias. You know the SEC gets like seven teams in the top twenty that some don't belong there, and you, all you this is a meat grinder and who ends up undefeated is, is supposedly the best team in the Thank in the you. nation. Well, 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 the only thing Thank I would you. say about that is I I could make that same thing. Only the fact, the only reason why I would push back on that is that if you talk about the SEC. Since the same time that I'm talking about, right? That, how many how many different teams in the Big Twelve has won, have won national championships during the same period that we're talking about? No, you're right. No, I got you. So the yeah. SEC has had LSU, Alabama, right, like Florida and Auburn, four different teams yeah. to win right. national championships. And Georgia so, always somewhere in the and mix. Ge- and, and Georgia might win one right now. So if you want to talk about the strength of the conferences, there's no competition. Whatever. So if you're talking about if you're talking about bias, bias, I would say, would be an SC team that year that was trailing to Fresno State, okay? That was that that was that beat Notre Dame on the last play the of the Bush game. Bush push, yeah. The Bush push, and then at the same time was down, I think, twenty-one to three at halftime to Arizona State. The team had a leaky defense. They weren't that good, and they they were good, but they not they weren't. Put you this way, they were they were great. But they weren't historically great, like people said that they were. They just weren't. They 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 weren't. Texas was a better team than mm-hmm. SC. So what I'm saying is, I don't know why the perception should matter. I'm talking about what happened on the field, and what happened on the field in 2019 is that LSU was untouchable. Mm. Like well, you put the you ball s- in I, number I, nine's hands, and we weren't losing the game. But that's just the way the it goes. In, you put the Ten we weren't yeah. losing the game, and, yeah. and we, but and it wasn't being, even in contest. Being undefeated, blowing out teams. I mean, even in our Big Twelve championship, we beat Colorado seventy to three. And Colorado. what makes us so great? 
is that Colorado. no one believed in us and people will tell our story because of how the road we took to oh, get to the national championship game and then the way that game ended up we were down nobody i remember every we we even thought the game was over and then the way we came back we won that game it showed that vince deserved the heisman never should this probably karma why would she doesn't have it anymore you know oh, what I'm no. we, we talked about that <laughs> yeah right we talked about <laughs> that on the podcast shout out to that yeah but shout no, out to yeah. shout out to the impala when people tell stories the they're not gonna talk about the team necessarily that was supposed to win right like it was expected that's not true i don't know I what think, you're talking about i think a hundred yeah, right, years was, from now <laughs> like, like wait, wait, you're trying to like you're people don't talk about the 85 bears no 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 i think a hundred years a hundred years from now they're going to talk about, when they talk about these great teams, they're going to talk about the stories that come with it. And everybody talks about our champ, national championship game being one no, of the they don't. greatest games. They talk about the yes, game. Yes, they do. They don't That's talk about the no, team. No, I, say, I said the game. They talk, they about, talk the about the game. I, I Rachel, am saying who started the game. At, Rachel, who started at halfback for Texas in 2005? Running back? Yeah. Is it, is it Whitaker? Jamal Charles. Wait, no, you had Selvin Young who got hurt, Jamal Charles, and then you had Henry Melton. Okay. Okay. Oh, Henmel. Right. I, I went on vacation with Henmel. Come on, yeah. Chicago. Henry's my boy. Henry's my boy. Yeah, Henmel is a wild so boy. Stop. Don't do just, me like that. Just, just, just making sure. Just making sure. Henry Melton went to the league, as, and yeah. we know what Jamal Charles did. Yeah. Okay, so so for for LSU, yeah. Jamar Chase, oh here we go, Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, like if we, I mean, I'm just being honest with you guys. We won all the awards. She had, she had Lana Swede. Like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, look, I'm not hating on Texas. I'm not hating on Texas. I think I'm not hating on Texas at all. (laughs) Texas, I'm not hating on Texas at all. I'm really not. But what I'm telling you is, you're talking about one team, right? One team that cleaned out the entire top 10. One team that beat all of the top five ranked teams by 15 points or more. Like, the if dominance doesn't mean anything in sports, then why do we celebrate your Bulls for winning 72 games? I feel you. If dominance doesn't mean anything in sports, then why do we celebrate, like, the Patriots – for being having the highest winning percentage, See, and, over and, and I'm and glad over you just Van. I'm glad you just mentioned the Patriots because the Patriots have played in a shit division for 20 years. Uh-huh. The Bills, the, the 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 Jets, and the Dolphins have been terrible all the time that Tom Brady was a Patriot, right? And we never was like that division is trash, so the the, the, the run don't mean as much, right? So like that's the point that 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 Rach could be making with the Big Twelve. No, but that's but there's a difference though. The, the only difference in that situation is, in those situations, you have to still win games, right? The Patriots go through their division, but then they go through the rest of the AFC. We're talking about a time when the BCS made the matchups. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Like the the computer was scoring things. Like the year before that, LSU, a one loss LSU team, had to split a title because mm-hmm. the 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 bias for SC was so high that even though the computer said that we had had a tougher schedule. That we had gone through more. Was that, that the nine six championship game? That was no, no. That was uh, we <laughs> lost that year. That was okay. um, that was when we played Oklahoma in a championship game. Another big right, 12 right, team. right, 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 right. We would never lose <laughs> another Big Twelve. No, Tampa, we, we did, we did, we did lose to Texas. Either going to be Texas or. No, but Rach, Rach, you you know, you know, you you'll be back. I just don't know how soon you'll be back. You know, brothers is getting ten year, ninety five million dollar contracts in the Midwest, and meanwhile, Steve Sarkeesian is uh. Uh, I'm going to tell you why Texas won't be back. 
and and I'm gonna tell you why it's gonna be hard sledding for Texas moving forward. And this is no dig. This is no dig at Texas. Tech, like I, te- I've it? always loved Texas. <laughs> Major Applewhite. That's your name. Went to Catholic High. This was the guy who I knew. Like Major Applewhite. I love Ricky Williams. I've always loved Texas. Uniforms look cool. I love Mac Brown. Texas is gonna have problems because the other colleges in Texas, they caught up. Are yeah. doing well. The yeah. recruiting, <laughs> the recruiting landscape in Texas with the emergence of A and M. With like teams, random teams like Baylor. SMU and Houston and Baylor having good seasons, there is more around That's there. True. So the recruiting is going to be tougher. And That's why we're going to the SEC. <laughs> Oklahoma, how you going to recruit against us? How you going to recruit against? No, no, no. Team? It's it's being in Texas. It's not yeah. it's not necessarily recruiting. It's being able to say, oh, stay go to in Florida, Texas, you go can to be Georgia, a part of the SEC, and be on a yeah. different. That's that's what it is. And there's there's no excuse now with NIL. Because if boosters ever really mattered, it should matter now with the car dealerships that are able to provide things for guys and <laughs> all those. I know you guys got to bounce. You guys are giving me way more time than you possibly could have or should have. And I truly appreciate that. As we let you go here, a couple of questions that we ask everybody on the way out of the Full Gold Podcast. Both of you got to answer these three questions. Oh. Worst day of your career? <laughs> um. It would be the first on-camera gig I had working at Middleton State uh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I was doing live Facebook broadcasting. They said, when the light comes on, you go. And I said, okay. And my <laughs> I, IFB popped out my ear. The light never came on. I was standing on TV live like this, or, or Facebook for stadium, for like 10 minutes. And then I started screaming. I was scrambling my words. I couldn't hear. I felt like I was on an island all by myself. I said, I'm never going to work on TV again. It was the worst experience ever. I'm also not a good sideline reporter. I learned that. All right. Best experience. And then I'll give you worst and best, Van. Mm-hmm. Best experience for you, Rach. Or best, best day of your broadcasting career or your career period. I mean, it was, I'll say my favorite interview, which was getting to do um, Rihanna. But I've had a couple of iconic moments. And mm-hmm. I think we all know what we're talking about. That, um, you know, let's no. just be honest. Let's just be honest. We know no, what we're no. talking about. Detail. <laughs> <laughs> Detail. Vance talking I, about making people feel uncomfortable. They, make people feel uncomfortable I've in this I've had moment. iconic interviews with people that have changed the trajectory of certain shows. So, you know, mm. that's, that's the part of my career as a broadcaster, a journalist now. So, yeah. You know. All right, Van, best and worst day of your career. I'd like to say that Texas only played <laughs> two teams in the top 10. That's no, season. that's not. Oh, in the top 10. In the top well, 10, that's if you count, if you count USC, that's three. By, by the way, no, no, that's counting USC. No, by the way, when you Texas, guys beat, Tech, Texas Tech was number 10. I already looked you, it up. Texas Tech was number 10. Beat, Don't when do you it. guys beat Colorado in the Big 12 championship game, they were unranked. Okay, you were I don't. An unranked okay, at a time, team in your at a time, championship game. Okay, time out. Oh my lord! USC was number Best. one. Ohio State was number four. <laughs> Texas Tech was number ten when we played them. And the first time we played Colorado, they were twenty-four. Now you Bang. go out. L- LSU played three top five teams. <laughs> To beat you know why he's doing this, Jason? Because he doesn't believe it. He still Alabama he doesn't yeah. believe it. Doc does protest too nine. much, right? Number seven. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm like, 
the, the blasphemy <laughs> is really crazy. Can you crazy talk about me. the worst day? Can you talk about your worst day? So I'll tell you about the worst day. The worst day of my career was this day that I came on this great guy's podcast and oh, this no. lady was trying to tell me <laughs> that Texas had a better run. No. Uh, the worst day, <laughs> obviously the worst day was the day that Page Six ran an article that I had choked out one of my... <laughs> <laughs> Angry black man alert. <laughs> Angry black man. That was the worst. And I knew that it was bullshit and that it was all No, explain crazy. to people who don't know. Okay, so. Because you got a, so, a bunch of Chicago dudes listening right now who like, Van, so there was Rachel? A, there was an altercation, if you will. <laughs> you know um, when a brother starts some shit with an altercation. You know he did Altercation. It. <laughs> so uh, I, I was fired for TMC uh, because my very best friend in the office, we got in an argument on the floor. We got in an argument on the floor. I put my hands on his shoulders while he was sitting down. If I wanted to choke him out, I could have choked him out, guys. I really could have. But I, I love Mike to death. And Mike, me and Mike still talk today. Mike is great. I love Mike. Don't be mean to Mike. If you get this, every time this comes up, people start being mean to Mike. Do not be mean to Mike. Don't be mean to Mike. And, you know, I, I, I've been let go. You know, we, they, they talked to me. My contract was up literally in about three weeks, so I wasn't going to be working there anyway, which is why – which is the real reason. Which why is why you choked him out. Which is why I choked him out, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like senioritis, last day of school. <laughs> um, but so it all goes down. Whatever happens. And that Monday, I get a text. Hey, it's me from page six. We're going to be running a story about this. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is what it feels like. Uh-huh. To be Columbus short. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> I was people. like, oh my God. <laughs> like, like this is this is how I'm going out. I didn't do anything. Like I lost my temper for sure, but in no fucking world would anyone believe that I was like dangerous. Like my my like my fucking coworkers had thrown me a going away party, and Mike was there. <laughs> the <laughs> assaulted what? party. Because yeah, he was scared. He, right. Mike, Mike was there. <laughs> right, Rach. Um, he didn't want the big so, scary black man to choke him out again. So I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I learned a very valuable lesson, which is, you know, uh, you have to, even though, even me going over to Mike after, because we had gone back and forth on the show, and I felt like he had been a little disrespectful to me. But even me going over there after, nothing good can come of that. It yeah. was just going to be all bad from then. But I really thought that the nine years that I had put in at TMZ were going to be erased. You know, I thought that I would be perceived as something that everyone there knew that I wasn't. And then mm-hmm. things got a little dicey with TMZ. You know, things got dicey because they put out an article, and when they quoted people and talked to people in the article, they were like, you know, Van isn't a mean guy. Van isn't this. We don't think Van was trying to do that. And TMZ was a little upset about that. So they ran a hit piece the next day where they took a steal of of a video. And then they took a steal of a video and they tried to make it look like something that it wasn't. You know, the video's all out there. Everybody can watch it. I'm not not running. Right, 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 right. That was the worst day of my life. Obviously, the best day of my career, uh, the best day of my career was Kanye West. Of course. You know, uh, that, that was the... That was the best day just because that's something that I'll look back on forever. And 
even the fact the fact that we won the Academy Award, that probably wouldn't have happened had I been able to separate myself from the rest of my colleagues by that moment right there. So that oh, probably wow. was the best day of my career. And I'll tell you this, that best day is waiting to be usurped by another best day. For sure. So, mm. you know, Academy yeah. Award winner, but still Kanye West has a special place in my heart. Of course. Yeah, and every time I listen to that West Side Gun song, where I hear you explaining the kind of that you're not, you're not. I don't think you're thinking at all. And then West Side West. comes in. Oh my God, my man, West. I'm, I'm a big Griselda fan, man. There, there's, there's there, Griselda concerts where men go to meet other men because there are no women there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? None. That, that, none. none. Zero. We, all, we we didn't come here to see you. We came here to see fucking Mock Homie. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we like like we didn't come here yeah. to we didn't come right. here to see no girls. Girls ain't about to right. listen to fucking the cocaine rap from Buffalo. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you know? Like like this half a joint of, of mid and 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 point me to thirty eight special. You know what I mean? Right. Where, exactly. where where should I go? <laughs> yeah. We don't, yeah. We don't need any chicks twerking. Yeah. Where the Averex jacket's oh at? Exactly. You know? Averex, I'm not even gonna go that hard. Throw that Pelly Pelly on and call it a damn day. <laughs> Oh uh, man, hey, swear to God, appreciate you guys so much. Know you guys are really busy. Uh, I know, I know this elaborate background for Rachel is just simply she's she's on a jet right now. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna let y'all get back to it. Van, Rachel, thank you so much for joining the show. Look forward to uh, doing this maybe again. And also, if you guys want to hear more of this kind of content, hear these two chop it up in a way that uh, frankly isn't being done on the rest of these podcasts because either they're all heavy handed or you could tell people don't have multi-layered thinking or can motivate a topic or provoke any thought. These two do that uh, at, a, at a premium and it's called the Higher Learning Podcast. So go out there and be a thought warrior. Get yourself indoctrinated. Rachel, thank you so much. We, we've oh, come so far. Jason, we right? appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. And Van, yeah, good looking out, man, because if you didn't if you didn't give that go ahead, I was definitely going to have to stiff arm this situation and keep it moving. But I appreciate you. <laughs> and I appreciate you and Bomani dropping the words on me that you did, man. So uh, thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank no you problem. for having appreciate us. You, man. Van Lathan, Rachel Lindsay, right here on the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff. We'll be back with more of the Full Goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Coming up on the next episode of The Full Goal with Jason Goff. As always, want to thank Van Lathan Jr. and Rachel Lindsay uh, for joining us here on The Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff. We'll be back Sunday with all your Bears-Ravens post-game reaction. Plus, the Bulls finally return home to face the Knicks once again. Oh, it's always good to see Tibbs and 
Taj and Derek Rose and the boys. As always, hit us up on the voicemail line, 773-359-3103. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Jason1Golf, because I'm going to tweet out different questions on the weekend so we give you guys some topics to chew on. Really, really enjoyed the one call about the big payback. That was fun. I uh, hope everything worked out with the embarrassment at the bar and the tape that was played for us here on the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our production staff, Chris Tannehill, of course, Steve Cerruti, and Jesse Lopez jumping on with us as well. I want to thank all three of those gentlemen, and thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. As always, take care of yourselves and be safe. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's the Full Go, baby! This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.